unless something changed from here. All righty. What is going on? This is Eric Reffert and Adam McNally with the Shock Sports Podcast. And we have a special guest back from time, Josh Yoey from The Athletic, Pittsburgh Penguins beat writer. What's going on? How you doing? Listen, I, I said I enjoyed it uh, when last we spoke. I'm a man of my word. I believe I was in Nashville then. I'm in New York City then. I, I only come to you guys from the coolest of cities. Um, but uh, it, it is a pleasure to be talking puck with you once again. Ah, man, absolutely. Uh, the only redeeming factor of New York's the Yankees for me. Other than that, eh, I can live without it. Honestly, I don't like it here. I never have. Um, I respect it. It's New York. It's a spectacle. Uh, I actually love I love covering games at MSG. Uh, it is one of my favorite buildings, but I could do without the people here. There's about 10 million too many of them. Uh, I always feel a little more comfortable when I make my way back to uh, my country bumpkin lifestyle in good old Western Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about Western Pennsylvania. You know, living here my whole life, like 10 minutes outside of the city. Um, it's either country or city. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, like, suburbs are there too, but I mean, like, Allegheny County is like the only city county I know that has a blend of everything in there. Country, no. city, and suburbs, all in once. No, you're right. Uh, You'll be happy to know I, I live right across the border in Washington County, which is much better for taxes, I might add. Um, but, I but yes, I, I know exactly what you're saying, no doubt. Yeah, like Tarentum. Like, there's some country parts near, like, Tarentum. Yeah. Up the highway. On That's right. That's what I find cool. Like, damn, Absolutely. Everything in this fucking city. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I... I've lived in Pittsburgh all my life. I don't really wish to live anywhere else, you know. Oh, yeah, me it's just, too. It's, it's just my kind of town. Yeah, me too. I, I'm used to it. I used to hate it as a kid. I'm used to it now. I couldn't go anywhere else. <laughs> I can't uh, wait I, to come I'll home. I'll visit. Oh, that's about it. That's right. I can't wait. I can't wait to come home. I'm in West Virginia. I'm in Weirton. So. Um, um, West Virginia. Yeah, way cheaper in taxes on both you guys. That, that's true. That's true. Uh, I don't think you guys do much of the emissions inspection either. That's what yeah. I hear. Yeah. I do those all the time. Literally, you know what we do? Because uh, I'm a mechanic. You know what we do? We just we stick the thing in the OBD2, and it does the whole test for us for Allegheny County. Oh, yeah. You got the machines now. Stick it in the OBD2, OBD2 port. Do the... Turn it on, and turn it off, and turn it on. It takes like literally twenty minutes, but you get paid an hour and a half for it. Oh, an, an hour, hour and a half depends on the shop. But Incidentally, I have had my fair share of fun in Weirton, West Virginia, and I cannot divulge the details. But uh, that place a lot got of fun shut, in my that place got shut down. Just to let you know, which one? Rumors, fantasies, Tiffany's dolls. I could go all night. I don't probably all of them. <laughs> I was going with rumors. Oh, a lovely place. Yes, always yeah. enjoyed the crowd there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't know much about the the one next to it is something different now. It's not called what it used to be. The hurricane, I think. That's the one. Yeah, I've been there too. Oh God. Yeah. All right. So we've been to the fun places. Yeah, That's we're we're I... going down a low a lowly path in this interview. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, let's get to the chase. The Penguins definitely made some trade deadline moves here. I, I, I see two of them. Uh, one with Winnipeg. They got Nathan Beaulieu. Beaulieu? I don't know how you say that. 
close enough. Like he's going to play anyway. Who cares? <laughs> right. Well, they got a conditional seventh round pick, and it says here, if I'm not mistaken, that the Penguins must win three playoff series. Uh, yeah, basically, if they make it to the Stanley Cup final, then they have to give Winnipeg a seventh round pick. Um, that's then they don't have to give them anything. So it's basically here, just have this player. Um, that's Winnipeg doesn't <laughs> okay, have to pay him the rest of the year. So the you know the Jets save probably a hundred thousand bucks or something at the end of the year, not having to pay him. Penguin said, "Sure, we want him." One point two five. Yeah, I mean he's he's a physical guy. He's not been very good the last couple of years at all. Uh, I think they just wanted to have an extra body around just in case. He's on long term injured reserve right now anyway, so he wouldn't even be healthy enough to play until the playoffs. So will not impact the salary cap at all, and it's just another body to have around. It's not really that huge of a deal in all likelihood. I see. Well, let's get to the main event of trade deadline for yeah. the Penguins. They get Ricard Raquel from the Ducks, and what they gave up, uh, I was definitely pleased with. You know, Dominic Simone, um, no matter how bad that guy is, Sullivan would just keep on playing him. I swear he loves that guy, man. He does. Uh, I mean, literally for years, when you asked Sullivan about him, like it's very clear that there was an affection there from the coach. Like more than with other players, he just really liked him. And I, it's not that Simone didn't do certain things well. Like he, he could really pass the puck, and he was good at you know shielding defenders and, and holding on to pucks for long stretches in the offensive zone. He just had literally... For a guy with a little bit of skill, he may have had the worst finishing touch I've ever witnessed uh, in all of my years covering the Penguins. The guy couldn't score goals. Uh, it was it was maddening to watch him play, and I don't think he would have been in the lineup when and if the Penguins ever got completely healthy anyway. I, I kind of laughed when I heard that he was part of the deal. Uh, like, really, Anaheim really thinks Dominic Simone's going to help turn them around? That That's very interesting to me, like... Like, Aston Reese, I'm not a huge fan of, but I get it. He is a good penalty killer. He's a good defensive player. You know, he's a decent fourth-line guy. He's young. Like, okay, I, I can see that at least. Uh, Simone, there's no loss there. And when you look at the rest of the when you look at the rest of the trade, Cali Klein's a very good goaltending prospect. But the Penguins have a couple of other goaltending prospects they like, and Tristan Jari's 26 years old. Like, he's, he's going to be the guy for a long time. So that's not a prospect the Penguins were counting on. And the biggest thing of all, you know, they didn't want to trade their first-round pick, and they didn't. You know, they traded the second-rounder, but they, they still have that first-round pick, which is something they rarely have. So those were obviously all things they were willing to part with. So I, I think it's, it's not a bad trade for Anaheim. It's a decent haul for them, especially because John Gibson's getting pretty pissed off there. I don't know that he's going to want to be there much longer. So they wanted to have a goaltending prospect to maybe replace him someday. Great. Um, but for the Penguins, I think it's a really good deal. I like it. No, no definitely so do I. Um, his, you know, his first game Tuesday um, was almost scored. brilliant. You know, they got the hype package for him. <laughs> Comes out. Talk about bringing new guy energy, huh? Also, yeah. Yeah, with the players they trade, you know, it's kind of like addition by subtraction. I mean, I think so, too. Here, here's the thing. Raquel's addition, and he's been kind of all over the place in the lineup. He's going to play with Gino, okay? So let's just assume that's the case. So that's going to make your second line better, okay? 
And also, it's probably going to push Rust back up to the top line. So that's going to make your top line even better. So maybe your fourth line's a little worse without Aston Reese, but would you rather help your first and second lines or your fourth line? Now, that's basically what we're talking about here. Uh, it makes the Penguins' top six way better. Yeah. And even even the fourth line, okay, so you're going to have like maybe Zahorna there or maybe Drew O'Connor. Well, guess what? They're going to score more goals than Zach Aston Reese. They're going to score more goals than Dom Simone. And I know Zach's a really good penalty killer, but they have a whole damn team of good penalty killers. Like They can they can survive without him. They, they got a bunch of good penalty killers and forwards. So I, I really like how everything is going to kind of slide into place with the forwards now. That's what I was going to right. um, This uh, Ricard Raquel's first game um, definitely brought some brought the physicality his first shift. He got that one body check, and the whole crowd erupted like, "Yes, this is what we needed." And so, uh, um, uh, yeah. Do you think he's going to bring that physicality for the rest of the season, or was that just like out of nowhere? That's a good no. It's a good question because I mean I've seen him play before, and he I wouldn't say he's soft or that he shies away from contact, but he's not you know the most physical guy in the league. He's not Tom Wilson running people all the time. But I've noticed in both of the games, especially in Buffalo in his second game, he was taking runs at people like he he led the team with four hits, and he was winning battles on the boards all night. I was really impressed with how he was. Uh, kind of getting his nose dirty. Um, that's, a, that's a good way to make your teammates like you in a hurry. And you can see the skill level. He almost scored a highlight real goal in overtime. He went right through the Buffalo defense, almost scored, just missed the net. I mean, that was an unbelievable play. It showed you how great his hands are. And, yeah, he's he's willing to you know go to the dirty areas, I think, pretty clearly. So it's only been two games. And, guys, he hasn't even had a practice yet. I literally he showed up and he's played two games. We're going to have to give him a little bit of time to get comfortable here. But uh, through two games, I, I really have been impressed. He's looked cool. pretty comfortable so far. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, I was at the game Tuesday. Um, and he had, he had a bunch of good shots on net. Um, you know, on the scoring chances, it wasn't like crappy shots. I mean, uh -uh. they were all on target. Uh -huh. <laughs> Actually made the goalie move a little bit, you know. So I think uh, Ricard Raquel. I don't think he was here to be a goal scorer. Cause I looked at his stats and I'm like, eh, they're not the best, but they're not the worst either. I think he was here to be a role player, kind of like that. Is a honestly my opinion. Well, um, no, they want him to score goals, though. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, this is a guy. He has scored 30 goals twice in his career, and you have to realize he wasn't playing with a very talented Anaheim team. And when he scored those, when he had two seasons with 30 goals, um, he was playing with Ryan Getzlaff back before he was old. Like, that was still kind of prime Getzlaff. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I've talked with a lot of people in the organization who believe you put this guy with a great center like an Evgeny Malkin, and he's just going to be a natural fit. He's kind of a shoot-first player. Uh, he really likes to shoot the pocket, and the Penguins need that. And those of us who have covered or followed the Penguins for years, we know they they tend to overpass a little bit. They every goal has to be a work of art, and sometimes Mike Sullivan just wants them to shoot, and that's always been this guy's mentality. So um, he's not a super. He's your classic case. He's not a great player, but he's a really good one. And if you surround him, 
with, with, with talent, I think you'll get the most out of him. So only a couple of games. So you, you, you can see the talent that's there. No, absolutely. I probably tainted my opinion of him a little bit for sure. That crappy Anaheim team. Um, I thought they were going to go out and get Kessel. My prediction was wrong. Well, an extra winger. Yeah, was this not even on our on the radar? I mean, you know, it's, it is. What I don't. Well, there's a couple things with him. Um, I do think Mike Sullivan had had his share of coaching Phil. Um. I, I don't know that he would have been super eager to bring Phil back. Phil can, I know the fans love Phil, but he can grind on coaches a little bit, grind on the nerves. And another thing, hate to be uh, critical of the two-time Stanley Cup champion, but I think he's washed up. Like I, I really do. I was, I was watching him in Arizona last Saturday. I was out there in Phoenix, and like he does not skate the way he once did. He doesn't. I don't think he has the velocity on a shot that he once did either. I, I could be wrong. Maybe he's just checked out right now because they stink so bad. Yeah. But he didn't look good to me. Um, so, I don't know. Oh, no, I meant um, the, I thought the Ducks were going to try to get Phil Kessel. Because I, oh. I made the, I know, at the time when I, uh, when we did the episode, uh, I did my trade deadline uh, predictions. And I said that, uh, you know, I think Anaheim just needs an extra uh, goal scorer up there in the top six. So, why don't, why don't they go after uh, Kessel? Kyle, oh, I see what you mean. You know, tanking real fast. Well, well, Phil's going to be a free agent this summer, so that'll be interesting just to see how much uh, interest there is in him. I don't think he's going to get the money he used to get, I'll tell you that. Oh, no, no, no. But yeah. he's made so much, maybe, you know. He might get $4 million, $3 million. I don't see him getting no more than that. No, I, I don't either. I mean, it, it's tough. That team stinks so bad that he's on. You know, mm -hmm. that you put him on a good team, you know, he'd still probably he'd be good on the power play. We know that. He might still be productive, but he's, you know, he's he's definitely lost a step at this point. I, I don't think there's any question. Is Raquel a rental, or has he gone under contract for a couple of years? He is a, yeah, he's a rental. Um, Do you think they'll sign him or no? I don't know. Well, here's the deal. I, I think if Russ leaves, and if Raquel plays fairly well here, I bet you they'll keep Raquel. At least, I mean, Russ would be the priority between the two of them. Brian Russ is so good right now; he might be pricing himself out of Pittsburgh. There might be a team out there that's going to make him some kind of absurd offer. I mean, he's just—he's got like he's putting up one point two points per game right now. Um, is he going to be this good without Crosby, though? No, <laughs> I'm sure he's not, but. It only I mean, takes does anyone one ever look at that? Does anyone ever look at that whenever they go, if we bring him here, are we going to get this? Or, Well, no, of course they do, but it only takes one, you know? It only takes one team to throw some stupid offer at him, and hey, I wouldn't blame them for taking they it. They overcompensate. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame them. Every sport, he's, they do it. He's 29. This is the biggest contract he's ever going to get. At his age, yep. he knows it. He's won his two Stanley Cups. You know, somebody gonna offer him six or seven million a year, which might sound crazy, but it, somebody will. I mean, they for the will. Penguins to keep for the Penguins to keep him, it's gonna take six mil a year That's at minimum. I, mean. I projected him getting a six point seven million dollar per year contract. Yeah, and I've I have already heard. You know, he's from Detroit. They've got a lot of money to spend this summer. They've got a young team. They think they're going to be good in a couple of years. Wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. That's tough. 
if you're Brian Rust, you're from Detroit, and uh, you grew up idolizing Steve Eiserman, and Steve Eiserman says, "Hey, I want to give you a six-year contract worth, you see, know, seven know. million a year." I see. I, I see uh, Brian Rust going to a cup contending team. Um, Good. I, know, I know that the Caps have signed our leftovers a couple times throughout the past couple <laughs> years. Uh, that might be one destination I'd put them at, just in case. Well, I don't know if they have the money, Probably much not. like the Penguins. No. But um, no, he, Russ is going to be a fascinating case. Because you're right, his production obviously is aided by playing with Crosby. There, there's no doubt about that. You can say the same thing about Jake Gensel, but they're still great players, you yeah. know? I, I mean... That that's undeniable, and from the Penguins' standpoint, it's not like Brian Russ is somebody you want to lose. Um, he is obviously very valuable to what they do, and in this summer now, you got Rust, Latang, Malkin, Raquel, all yeah. unrestricted free agents. Um, man, this is there the are some Penguins decisions to be made. Hope. This is the Penguins' last hope. Um, well, anything. See, I'm not necessarily convinced of that, but it, it, it really? it's going it's going to be interesting to see what decisions they make. I mean, listen, if Latang and Ross both walk, it's, they still have plenty of money to play with in free agency. They can go get other players if they want. Um, I, I really think Malkin is going to stay. I, I would be surprised. By it. See, I, I, I listen to Mark Madden. Even he I can tell. Uh, even he thinks that uh, the last hope. Um, and uh, I kind I can kind of see why a lot of like, groundbreaking players like Lincoln Ross, Tang, and now Raquel up for uh, unrestricted free agency. You know, it's kind of scary, and it, you kind of have to think about it. Even though you might be that Pittsburgh fan, and no matter what happens, oh, we're gonna win the cup every year. Like a lot of these people are here. <laughs> well, you have to think me... a little bit. Like this might suck. Well, this might be their last great chance because yes. they they have put together one heck of a team. I mean, really, the, the, the only thing that could really derail them from making a run at this point is just how incredibly good the Eastern Conference in general is. I mean, there's there are no average teams in the playoffs in the East. These teams are all really good. Um, and, and eventually, listen, Crosby's playing at an unbelievable level right now. He, he's still one of the five best players in the league. Um, it won't be that way forever. No. You're right. I mean, this could be their last great chance. I will say, I think they will still fancy themselves as contenders for the next couple of years. I, I don't think they're going to start some big rebuild next year if, if Gino and, and Chris Letang decide to leave. I think if that happens, they're going to go out and sign other people and try to keep winning. Uh, I really believe they're going to do that for a couple of more years. But you're right. This this very well might be their last real opportunity to make the Stanley Cup run. Absolutely. No, no without a doubt. Without a doubt, as we say here in Pittsburgh. Um, so, let's talk about some other uh, trade deadline deals. We've got, we got Toronto acquiring Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell from the Kraken. Um, Maybe you can fill us in on this, uh, unless it's a blooper on the actual website. Okay, so, I use Spotrack for all my transactions. Show them that screenshot. Hold on. I'm just going to share my screen with them. So they got a 2024 zeroth round pick. I didn't know that existed. You want to know what a zeroth round pick is? I, I don't have any information to provide on that, actually. I, <laughs> I am, I'm lost on that one. Uh, see, okay, you see that, guys? Even the Penguins beat writer does not know what a zeroth round pick is, and we were 
talking to. It sounds good. No spot rack. <laughs> but can we just break this up and see what he says? He's like, I don't even. I just don't understand what you do with thirty picks in the drafts. They they acquired thirty oh, picks yeah, in drafts. Right. Plus their seven plus their seven original draft picks that they have. That's that, that's very interesting. That's going to be a very loaded system. No, I think, uh, either it's going to be a loaded system or they're going to acquire some top talent with all them picks. That that could be the case as well. Maybe they'll be like the Miami Dolphins. Be like the Miami Dolphins and just give up a million draft picks and get Tyree Kill. That's, that's, that's what they should do. I don't know. Well, I think the mm-hmm. Kraken should use something. You know what I mean? Get some top players on teams. Yeah, you know what's funny? Um, But the Kraken... I think Vegas really set the curve at an unfair level with what yeah. they did. And that was, uh, I mean, first of all, the league let them get away with murder. Then you got a Hall of Fame goalie just waiting for you. Um, a lot of things had to happen for Vegas to have the season it had. Uh, Seattle is kind of your more typical expansion team. And I think Ron yeah. Francis knew that all along. So he's he wants to build the system and he knows it's going to take a couple of years. Um, they've got a fan base that I think is just so happy to have them that they're willing to be a little bit patient. So it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. But you, you mentioned Mark Giordano uh, going to Toronto. I think it was a smart pickup for them. He can still really play. Um, there's nothing wrong with adding a top four defenseman, which is what he Still is, but don't you still feel like Toronto's going to lose in the first round anyway? Yeah, just because uh, it also doesn't I mean, help that uh, they had to uh, have Seattle retain half the salary so they can right. because you know Toronto's cap situation is like they're like literally neck and neck with the spending every single year because they have three guys pay, uh, that are paid over ten million dollars. What, um, right. Who the hell is Austin Matthews, Marner, Marner and, like, uh, John Tavares. Right, and Nylander makes a ton, too. So those four, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Toronto's a good team. They're fun to watch. Matthews might be the MVP of the league. But the fact is they're probably still going to have to play Florida or Tampa in the first round, and I just don't like them against either one of those teams. I I really don't. Um, Florida, on paper... Might be the best they team won, in the East. They won that trade deadline. I think I think Florida's uh, the best team in the league. I, I I project them to win the cup, honestly. They could. I, I don't know that I would pick them to beat Colorado, but I mean, on paper, Florida's certainly the best team in the East. Uh, the problem Florida has, um, and maybe this is unfair to hold against them, but they've never won anything. They have a goaltender who has a very long history of choking in the playoffs. Very and they're going to have to go through maybe Toronto or Boston in the first round. Then you got to beat Vasilevsky in the second round. Then you got to yeah. beat, you know, Carolina or Pittsburgh probably in the conference final. That that's a tough road. I mean, it really is, but there's no denying how impressive they are. I mean, they are just they're bigger than you, they're faster than you. They are deeper. I mean, they they are an impressive hockey team. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I'm, I just I'm really high on Florida. Yeah. Florida oh no. Also very very high every year if you read their uh, news articles from down there. But um. Well, yeah, that's that's it's a lawless place, you know. Uh, that's Florida part of the fun. always up to something down there. Oh god, Florida man's the best. <laughs> um, but no, they're good. Uh, they're good, man. I mean, they they they're the most impressive team I've seen in person all season. 
I get to see all the teams in person. I haven't seen Colorado yet. Penguins play them twice in April. Um, uh, Colorado's just different. They're faster than everyone and probably more talented, but Florida's big and deep. Um, and Bobrovsky, for all of his history of choking in the playoffs, it's not like he isn't talented. I mean, he certainly is. So, no, they're, I think they're the favorite in the East, uh, but I don't think they're the overwhelming favorite because all these other teams are just so good. Okay, and it's hard for me to Lad's on the long-term injured list now. Is he? Well, yeah. I saw he got hurt the other night. Reserve, yeah, he's on LTIR. And that's, you know, uh, they will need him in the playoffs for sure. Yes, they will. But Ekblad's kind of player. Hey, guys, the, the Eastern Conference playoffs, it's going to be unbelievable, really. First round, you might you might have Boston versus Florida and Tampa, Toronto in the first round, and, and yeah. Pittsburgh and New York. Be, I'm yeah, kind of worried for kind of worried for Jari here. You know, it was pretty shaky last season in the playoffs. We're hoping that uh, this year is a little bit better. Well, it couldn't be much worse. Knock on wood for Tristan. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. Hey, the, the Penguins were better than the Islanders last year. I mean they they were the better team in at least four out of the six games in that series. Uh, there's no, there is no denying that. Um, Jari was terrible, and he will be under a microscope when May shows up. We all know it. Um, I, and I, I don't know what to expect. We'll see. But just being around him a lot and, and listening to him talk and talking with people who are close to him, uh, he's got a real chip on his shoulder. And I think he wants to show people, hey, I'm, I'm not some choke artist. I, I can make a Stanley Cup run. I, I really sense that from him very strongly. So we'll see. But I, I have a feeling he'll be okay. Okay. So what, I think he will. The Philadelphia Flyers trading away Derek Broussard for a fourth-round pick. Definitely going deep into the tank. Um, <laughs> Broussard's an oiler. So I wonder where uh, he would uh, go on that uh, – and then forward lineups for sure. He's probably going to be a third liner. Um, well, if, if he is, he's going to complain because I can tell you that when he was in Pittsburgh, he used to whine all the time about his ice time. And I, I don't know who he thought he was going to go ahead of in the depth chart. If he thought maybe he was better than Crosby or Malkin. Time with us, right? From our... eh, not really. He was a center most. He played wing a little bit, but for the most part, he, they got him to be the third line center and he complained about it basically. He's a bit of a pain, a bit of a diva. I'm sure he and Evander Kane will do wonderful things for the Edmonton locker room chemistry. Uh, okay, that's what I was going to ask you. I hear like <laughs> things. Okay, so yeah. Edmonton locker room is going to be. Uh, I, and Frank, I think McDavid and Drysidle are divas too, to some extent. But at least they put up the numbers to to back it up. Obviously, that's um, what I mean, yeah, yeah. That that's a that. There's so many teams in the West that are easy to root against. Like Edmonton, it'd be funny if Edmonton did make the playoffs, right? They might have the two best players in the league. If they didn't make the playoffs, it'd be hilarious. Oh, Drysaddle is also a bit of a whiner. I remember the first ever episode we did on this. Uh, we went over the interview where we went after the reporter up there. Uh, right. And I know people gave the reporter. I'm, I'm biased because I'm a reporter. And I know people gave him a rough time for you know. And then he swore, what did he say? He swore at him. He said, why are you always so pissy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The said. reporter said that. Yeah, it was Jim Matheson. And I've known Jim forever. He's a really nice guy. He probably shouldn't have worded it like that. But uh, Dreisaitl wasn't exactly being friendly himself. 
No, and I, he, said, he, like, he you were watching. You saw it. Like, and you know how it kind of drives me nuts with sports fans. Anytime a hockey player is a jerk with a reporter, like everybody thinks it's so funny. Like you guys always complain when you know the players are boring and don't say what's on their mind. I said, "Well, yeah, but like, they don't need to be rude." <laughs> there's a there's a, a balance there, I think. But um, right. yeah, I mean Edmonton's Edmonton's easy to root against. Vegas is kind of easy to root against. Like the way they've been treating their players, trying to trade guys that have no trade list. The way they treated Flurry on his way out the door. So, yeah, there, there's some teams in the West that are easy villains. Yeah, what'd you think I mean, of Flurry uh, down in Minnesota? Well, I, I know for a fact that the Washington Capitals were interested in him, and Flurry basically told them thanks, but no thanks. Uh, he did not want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and mean, that's why. Apparently, that's why. I mean, I haven't talked with Mark for a few months, but I. I am very much under the impression that, you know, those were such great rivalries over the, such, such a great rivalry over the years with the Penguins and Caps, and he just didn't want to play on the other side. He just wasn't cool with playing against the Penguins, basically. Um, it was not a comfortable thing for him. Um, and I, I don't think he wanted to play in Toronto either. I believe the Maple Leafs had some interest, and he didn't want to deal with that circus there. Uh, Flurry and Billy Guerin are very close. They won a cup together, of course, in 2009. And yeah. Billy was on the management team in 16 and 17. So there's a, a long history, a long relationship there. And um, I don't know if Minnesota is really good enough to beat Colorado in a series. Probably not. But I do know Flurry's the kind of guy that can steal a couple of games in a series himself. Yeah. Uh, he's always been that guy. So if I'm Colorado, I don't really want to play them. Like you got a Hall of Fame goalie, though those are never fun to play in playoff series. No. Do you think they're gonna split? How much time? Like they said, fifty-fifty. You think they're gonna be like Flurry's gonna be all right with that? I mean, Flurry's gonna be the guy, right? You don't give up a first-round pick to bring in a Hall of Fame goalie. <laughs> I, would, I, I, I think thought. they were. I think they were just being friendly and saying that publicly. Like I, I have to think Flurry's going oh, to be I the see. guy. Okay. So it's a 2022 second round pick, but it turns into a first round pick. If Minnesota reaches the Western Conference Finals, right. he wins four games each of the first two rounds. Oh, uh, right. How kind of condition is that? <laughs> I know. So if Talbot wins one game, that whole thing's thrown off. Pretty much. Yeah, it's really weird, but wow. yeah, I mean, I, I can't think that they. Got Flurry to sit him on the bench. I, I don't you know, think so, either. so I'm I mean, sure that's the way it will be. Way better goalie than Cam Talbot. Um, yeah, my opinion. So like Talbot's. Sorry, Cam, you're gonna be back up. Nothing I could do about it. Um, it is what it is, buddy. Fouls yeah, I mean Talbot's okay, but you don't win Stanley Cups with goalies who are okay. No, you win Stanley Cups with goalies who are elite. That's right. Um. So, like, that's why I would play Flurry, even though he is in his mid-30s. Not as good as he used to be, but I, I'd still roll him. I don't know. Well, more I don't know. He won the Vezina last year, so I wouldn't. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, and listen, his numbers weren't as good this year, but when you're playing behind a crap team. Yeah. I, I was like, people, people reference save percentage way too often with goalies. Because guess what? The chances you're facing when you're playing behind Chicago 
are a little different than the chances you're facing when you're playing behind Tampa or Colorado. Like it, it's just yeah. the way it is. So I, I think Flower, I think he still physically has it in him to be very effective. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought uh, he was definitely going to help the Blackhawks. I didn't expect the Blackhawks to play that badly in front of him this year. No, what a disaster. Uh, oh, my God. No, I didn't expect him to start, like, what was it, 1-6 and, like, 1-6-1 and one or something, or, like, 1-10-1. and one. <laughs> Something crazy in the beginning. I'm like, holy crap, dude. I've never seen the Blackhawks play this terribly. The start of yeah, there's, their season was basically over before it started. It was. And, um, it was really sad to watch. <laughs> and and they had an even worse season off the ice, which is hard to do given the season they've had on the ice. But uh, it has been a complete disaster in Chicago. And I would imagine the Flower was pretty happy to get out of there for a lot of reasons. We didn't even want to go there in the first place. He really didn't. No. I mean, that, that you're, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it became pretty clear that... He, he didn't want to be viewed as a jerk for not going. So right. I was like, all right, I don't know. But, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, I, I just find it funny that, you know, the Vegas Golden Knight management are a bunch of douches. They don't even consider yeah. a no-trade clause in your deal. They'll, they'll, they'll just deal your ass. Right. You and look like the bad guy. And, really, they never even told Flurry they were trading him either. I mean, yeah, Flurry he found he found out a tweet, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's you know that's not really appropriate with any player, no. but it's hard it's hard to explain how big of a deal Flurry was and is in Vegas. Um, he was very very much the face of that franchise. Like the dude was literally on billboards in the strip in Vegas. Like he is a hero out there, so important to that team. And to treat a guy, the most important guy in your organization, like that, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, fans on Twitter, I see, just rip Vegas management for the way they handle that, for sure. Uh, yeah, not a good look. That's going to be their stigma for a good while. Trading players oh. whenever they're your most important guy. I mean, could you imagine if we did that to Crosby tomorrow? I mean, I, I'd right. cry it myself. Yeah. <laughs> my dude, you're up with that guy. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would. I mean, of course you would. And if I'm a great player in the NHL, I'm thinking twice about playing for the Golden Knights. You can't treat your players like this. This isn't an isolated thing. There have been a few incidents within the last couple of years. It's like, what's going on there? It's yeah, very bizarre. Oregon Twitter uh, during the playoffs, oh. like two years ago. Super yeah. arrogant on Twitter. Oh, my God. Well, they are. I mean, like, they want to root for them because they're a new franchise. But you know, when you're sitting there being arrogant and douchey, you know, I kind of root for you to lose now. Well, and the and the league has handled handed them so much. I mean, my God, the, no team in the history of the sport has ever been given more to to be start a franchise with. So I yeah, they. It's a big market, I, I guess, for sports. Uh, oh, it is. Um, oh, Vegas has turned into a hell of a sports town. It really has. Like, that's what I mean. Like, we all knew there was a market for Vegas teams, just in their stupid constitution. You weren't allowed to have a sports team there, right? Uh, oh, no, which which was always stupid. And yeah, yeah. I, I never understood. It's like you know how much money you can bring in, like hosting uh, the Super Bowl in that fucking thing. Or, right, and I'm sure there'll be an NBA team there at some point. 
think and there will be. There's already talk I about the Oakland A's. Even add a soccer team there now, probably. Weren't there rumors about uh, the Oakland A's maybe going to Vegas? I think that's, that's what been I'm discussed. See that like both yeah. Oakland teams in that stadium getting out. That'd be hilarious. Oh, it would, and it, I I think it's possible. And I'm telling you, that's that place is rabid for the Golden Knights and for I the don't Raiders. Know why Oakland's pushing out so many sports teams. It's like you really have nothing else there. I mean, you kind of need them. Let me tell you, I've driven through Oakland. It's uh, not the greatest. No, it's not. That's why yeah. they, they kind of <laughs> you kind of need these teams. That's right. The Warriors left uh, Oakland to San Francisco too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They I, went across the bridge. You know what I mean? Not uh, far away, but still, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they went across the bridge. You still lost your team, technically. So yeah, Golden Gate, man. They decided to take a trip over the Golden Gate Bridge. Never come back. That's right. It's not ideal. Silicon Valley. Oh, no doubt. Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely go to Silicon Valley, too, even though there's a bunch of homeless camps all over the place in that city. Oh. I've only ever been to San Francisco once in my life, actually. It was yeah. right before COVID hit. And I, I don't mean to put down homeless people. It makes you feel bad, but I've never seen anything like it. Like it's, they have the highest homelessness rate out there, man. Uh, it gets your attention. It is startling when you're there. Yeah, it really is. It's hard to avoid it. Um, yes. I've noticed. Uh, like, I watch Snapchat stories sometimes, like, all over the country and, like, the world. So I get bored sometimes. And, like, I did San Francisco, and there's, like, snaps of a homeless camp. Like, how the hell do you get a cell phone? And you're fucking homeless. I'm, like, confused. Where the hell did you get that at? It's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> like, Damn. Like you, you just got that uh, them phone cards or whatever. You just put some minutes on it, and then you can just record snaps or TikToks or whatever you want to do. It's crazy. Uh, it is a crazy world. Yeah. But uh, yeah, San Francisco, the homeless problem jumps out at you like nowhere else. It's unreal. I mean, that, there's a multitude of reasons, but we're we're a sports podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna get away from those. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> there's a reason for it, but I'm not going to get into it on air. <laughs> we'll just leave that out. Um, let's see. Uh, hockey, uh, Adam? I would I guess um, a three-way trade. Uh, Carolina, Florida, and Columbus. I see. Yeah, Carolina made some moves. That was uh, Max Domi ends up going to Florida. Yeah, and he's a guy who is always rumored to be on the way to Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I, was about to, I was about to bring that up to you, too. So, I, how do you feel about Ricardo Raquel instead of Max Domi? Would you rather flip-flop it or keep No, Raquel's, Raquel's a better player. Um, okay. you, you hear Domi's name come up a lot because his old man is very close with Mario. And I can tell you, before Max Domi was drafted, Sid got to know him and was skating with him in L.A. just because of the connection with, with Mario and Ty Domi and all of that. So, And Max is another one of those guys, like, he's got talent. He's never really played on a good team before. Um, he's played Montreal and some bad teams. Columbus isn't very good. Um, he, you know, he's an interesting player. He's undersized, but he, he's legit talented. But uh, to answer your question, I, I think Raquel's a better player. I think he's a more gifted goal scorer. Um, so I, I would take him. You know, I, I heard rumors um, a couple of weeks before the deadline about Domi and uh, perhaps being discussed uh, in a trade for Casperi Kapanen just because the GM of uh, the GM of Columbus is Finnish and happens to be very close with Kapanen's family. And so some rumors popped up about those two. There may have been nothing to it, though. 
um, thought it was interesting, but but yeah, I think I think the Penguins really did well for themselves, and we'll see how it works out. You never know, but Raquel is a legitimate top six talent. He's got great hands, um, and the biggest thing of all might just be you know this pushes Russ back to the top line theoretically, and let's be honest, Rodriguez hadn't scored in a long time. I mean that. I know, whatever. He's he's, he's, yeah. he's a hell of talent, but he just can't bury it. Um, yeah, but you know, if he's on your third or fourth line, that's okay though. So I still think he'll score a little bit, and he doesn't hurt you. You know, he's still a good, solid player. Otherwise, yeah, and he can he, kill he's, penalties. Yeah, he's got the occasional dangles. Uh, I hope yeah. he'll bust out a deke every now and again. And I'll be like, holy shit! Like that is awesome. No, that's right. A guy like that. No. Like, all those goals he scored in November and December, like, those were goal scorers' goals. Like, he was firing rockets. He really was. It's like, damn, this guy might be legit, and then he just didn't score for the next three months. So, like, well, I don't know, whatever happened there. But but the point is, you get him off the top six, probably take some pressure off of him, and we know the Crosby-Russ-Gensel line is just unbelievable. And so that allows them to be together. You put Malkin with a guy who can, I think, really help him in the top six. So, yeah. it's a trade that just makes sense all the way around. I feel like Kevin Rodriguez could uh, figure it out. You know, he could be a consistent 20-25 goal scorer every year if he ever finds his niche. He probably does have the talent to do so. Um, and going off of the power play really hurt him, too. He was playing well on the power play, and they went with Russ there, which was not the wrong move in retrospect. No. But I think that impacted his confidence Russ level a little bit. definitely a better player. Yeah, of course he is. Um, now, Evan Rodriguez is a – I'm trying to use this comparison as careful as possible. I don't mean like a juju like, you know, on TikTok, you know, social media. What I mean is like, you know, if he's got other top uh, wingers ahead of him, I think he'll be doing just fine on the bottom six when he's playing against other bottom six players. Yeah. You know, I think you'll see an instant production increase from him. No. Well, bottom six. That's how playoff series are won, you know. That's right, and that's why I mean, I'd be comfortable with him on the bottom six. Yeah, he took, a three month hi- he took a three month hiatus, and then he's going to wake up. That's what, I, oh. that's what I'm saying. Dude. It's always the playoffs when these kind of players wake up. I mean, I think even Russ did that. Uh, 2016, he just came. Unlike up. unlike your bracket, your bracket playoffs. didn't wake up. That's when we started to love Russ, and that never yeah. turned. So I think Evan Rodriguez might be that next guy in the playoffs here for sure. Well, he might be. I mean, let's be honest. There's a really good chance they're going to play the Rangers in the first round. The Rangers are a good team. They're really talented. They have a lot of top-end players. Their bottom six isn't very good. And if the Penguins have a – the Penguins might have a third line of, like, Jeff Carter, Jason Zucker, and Evan Rodriguez. That's what I mean. That's, that's like a, a lot of line on any other team. That's a lot of ta- – right, that's a lot of talent for a third line. You're going to have the Bluger and McKinn on your fourth line. Like, that's – that that's how you can win playoff series if those guys chip in some offense and and really outplay the Rangers bottom six, which they should. Um, that's that that's how you win in the playoffs. You know how it is. Yeah, and uh, I thought Zahorna didn't do too bad either. The game I was no, uh, yeah, he did fantastic too. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You still got you got Zahorna. You guys still like Drew O'Connor. They they can call him up at any time. That guy's got talent. He can really play. So they've got some real options. Yeah, the um, I did see from O'Connor. I'm I'm satisfied with his play. If he did, would get called, I wouldn't be mad. No. Um, 
They're all better offensive options than Dominic Simone or Zach Astrid. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> threw a little celebration when Simone was uh, announced off the team. I'm not going to lie. I'm sorry, but, you know, sure. nice guy. But that day couldn't come faster, man. No, I, I understand, but he's a nice guy. And so is Aston Reese. They're both really nice kids, actually. But, you know, Aston Reese had played 23 career playoff games and had one goal. You know? I mean, eventually that – sorry, that's not good enough. And and as great as Crosby and Malkin are, even when they were in their primes, they still needed, you know, the Nick Beninos and Phil Kessels and Jordan Stalls of the world to score big goals, and Matt Cullen and guys like that. It, and Crosby and Malkin in their mid-30s, that, that's not going to change. That They're not just going to take over playoff series in their mid-30s. Like It doesn't work that way in the NHL. They'll be great. They'll put up their numbers, but you got to have balance at the forward lineup, and I think this team is much better off now. Oh, God. I loved Matt Cullen even before he got on the Penguins. I don't know. Just something about him. I mean, he was on the wild. I don't know. I always said he was the dad everywhere he went to once he got older in his career. Like he's he's the dad of that team. He was no, he's he's one of my favorite people ever. Yeah, Just guy ever, and that guy could still play. I mean, he would score you a goal or two every series, and he was a nasty son of a bitch on the ice too. He'd he'd give you a slash, and the refs all liked him, so they'd let him get away with it. And uh, I, will, I will never forget the game he played, uh, Game Six in Nashville. When they won the cup, he had the most ice time of any Penguin forward that night because they were shorthanded the last two periods, pretty much nonstop, and he was unbelievable. Just a great. Matt Collins definitely one of the best uh, or better role players out there. Oh yes, for hockey for sure. Um, no doubt. Here, so back to the Max Domi thing. Do you think he gets a lot of? Uh, a lot of uh, name recognition because of his dad, for sure. Like, you think he's kind of overrated a little bit because that's his son? Or do you think uh, uh, it's about right? Because I, whenever I get into arguments with people on social media about him, I always say he's overhyped just because of his last name. But that's could my be, personal opinion. Could be a little bit. I think his toughness gets hyped too much because of his dad. Yeah. His dad was basically a goon. I mean, Ty could play a little bit. He wasn't like a complete goon, but kind of a goon. And I, a I'm old enough to remember watching him play most of his career. And Ty Domi, you know what made him a good fighter? Like, it wasn't that he was a good fighter. It was that you couldn't hurt him. Like, you'd punch him. In the, like, guys literally would break their hands punching him in the face. Like, you just couldn't hurt him. And you know, eventually he'd land a couple of punches and you lost the fight. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, so Max uh, Max is not his dad. He doesn't play that way at all. No. And he's really undersized, which See, doesn't help I, him. I think that's what I was expecting from him. Oh, shit. They're, they're billing this guy as Ty uh, Domi's, uh, you know, son. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be awesome, man. We're going to get another fighter finally. We, NHL right. fights again. You know? <laughs> I'm like, what the hell kind of dummy are we getting here? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a nice player. I don't, he's your class. He's not a great player. Um, no. But he never played on a good team. You know, so Carolina, to me, is one of the best teams in the league. I think that team is really legit. And he's never been on a team that good. So I wouldn't be surprised if he thrives there to some extent. Yeah, sorry about that. Cutting you off. We had the Lightning and Bruins going at it again. They're fisticuffs again. Uh, there's about to be. Oh. Yeah, they did not like the uh, aggressive charge at the net there to get that rebound on Vasilevsky. Uh, 
Tampa <laughs> for their goalie. Eric, your bracket's busted too. Oh, did, did it just has gone down. Against Mega Lost. My bracket's screwed. <laughs> oh, man. I see Andrew Cogliano going to the uh, Colorado Avalanche. That's definitely going to add some good depth to that the forward lines for sure. Yeah, they were uh, rumored for weeks and weeks to get Claude Giroux. And apparently, uh, apparently, apparently, Claude, yeah. Claude, as Pierre Beguire likes to call him, Claude Giroux, uh, apparently didn't want to play there. He wanted to go to Florida. He, he made it very clear that was the only place he wanted to be traded to, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, not that Florida is a bad place to live or a bad team to play for, but yeah. uh, usually you don't hear guys just kind of like narrow it down to one team like that. Um, but now Colorado. Colorado picked up some depth, and I still think they're the best team in the league. Um, or let's put it this way. Because the West is so bad, like they should have the best odds to win the Cup because they have the easiest path to get there. They have a much easier road to the Cup than Florida or Pittsburgh or Tampa, whoever. They always seem to find a way to screw it up, though. They have. I mean, no. I mean, the pressure's on them this season. And they're going to put up like 115, 120 points. Like, you have that kind of regular season, you better win the Cup or at least get to the final. Um, we'll see. We'll kind yeah, of see what the... Anything less than a Stanley Cup final appearance is a failure. For Absolutely. Sure. Um, same with uh, Toronto, you know, the high expectations. It always seems to be the team with the highest expectations that just lets everybody down. Well, they, they haven't even won a series since, what, 2004, I think? So. Yeah. The first might, round exits forever, and it seems like they're stuck on that. It's always fun to watch that happen to them, too. Oh, right. God. Who the hell did they have the last time they won a series? 2004. That was... Um, Matt Sundin. Yeah, Matt Sundin. Yeah, <laughs> Sundin, man. <laughs> Fuck. That's yeah. way back. Yeah, it is. Um, now nah, they, they do have talent, but uh, they're in that division, man. You got, you got Florida and Tampa and Boston in that division. That's tough. I mean, it, it yeah. just didn't. Uh, I, I guess it also didn't help Detroit when they moved them from the west to the east, and like they just went bad after that. Um, yeah. I was against it at the time. I was not a huge fan of Detroit coming to the east. But You know, I, st I, I know they wanted to be in the east for the sake of their travel, which I understand. Yeah. I Detroit being in the west, though. I don't know why. Detroit in the west is just like – it just still feels out of place to me. It's how long I'm a hockey fan. I don't know. Like, I want to see Detroit play. Detroit versus Colorado rivalry was all yeah. awesome. Yeah, the bloodbath. But, always fun. hey, we get to see more Detroit and Toronto. That's like an old 50s Stanley Cup rivalry. It, it is. So, but uh, Detroit's literally right next to Ontario. Like, here's Detroit. Ontario right. Like right there. Like, right yeah, across right, the bridge. Right across the bridge from, from uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on the Windsor. Yes, the, the fine party town, Windsor, Ontario. Um, the party town. Oh, oh God. Yeah, oh, yeah. Windsor. That's, that's where Detroit goes to party. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, okay, cool. I did not know that. Uh, you know, listen, I like to, I like to uh, connect the dots with all the fun towns, you know. Can't help myself. That's what's up. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, let's see. Ooh. Oh, the Hamburglar. I didn't even know he's still playing in the NHL. I remember him on the Senators. 
Andrew Hammond goes to New Jersey. Oh, that's what's up. I was at a game years ago when they were giving away Hamburglar signs. Uh-huh. Like, like how the sign to hold in front of their face of the Hamburglar. It's very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I didn't think he'd still be in the league at this point, so good for him. I know. i just seen that name. Like, wow, that's a blast from like the past like four years ago. <laughs> Burglar, man. Uh, that's what's up. Uh, he was one of my... Uh, he was one of my favorites to follow during that time period, and uh, looks like he has a new home in New Jersey. So I wonder what that wonder what that means for him. Well, it means he has to go to Newark every day for work. So I feel sorry for him, quite honestly. But yeah, yeah, Newark's not a very good town. Um, I remember when I was thirteen years old, we had a vacation in New York City, and we stayed in a hotel in Newark. You know, it's right across the bridge. It's right, and, uh, a little cheaper. Work, yeah. Yeah, cheaper. That's for a good reason. That's the way my dad likes it, cheap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, that that town, Like I remember the one time there was like this like lady walking right in the middle of the street. I'm like, that's a normal thing here, like a 13-year-old. Well, actually, you know where the worst place is that I go to right now? It's actually St. Um, in St. Louis, I was in an Uber after the game last week when the Penguins won there in a shootout. I was in the Uber going back to my hotel, and there were just people drag racing beside us, and like literally almost wiped out the Uber car. And there's just no police anywhere in downtown St. Louis. So I, I think they just say screw it, we're just staying away. So it's uh, it's a little scary there at night. <laughs> street racing. <laughs> I can only imagine, like right on Fifth Avenue, there'd be a street race. Like I can see Pittsburgh cops being there. Oh. We were like at a red light, and there were like cars on either side of us, like revving their engines. I'm like, oh shit! I looked at my Uber driver. I said, hey, I don't even have my seatbelt on back here. We're not actually going to race these people, right? She was like, nah, don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, good. Um, yeah, it's pretty intense there for a minute. See, I remember when I was Uber driving the one time, uh, I had this person actually say, hey, race this guy. He's challenge you to race. I'm like, what? Uh, I said. All right, this gets me a good tip. <laughs> yeah, right. Race huh. dude on the highway was awesome. Money talks. But, uh, yeah. So this is yeah. going to give me a better tip. We'll see. And uh, <laughs> I actually ended up getting a $25 tip. See? Awesome, dude. Uh, he was on some sort of drugs or something. Well, you know, sometimes those are the best tippers, right? Yeah, no. I said, uh, I said yeah, hey, man, whatever you want, I'm down. <laughs> like, I'm a gearhead. <laughs> I, said, I like pushing cars to their limits. <laughs> nah, it was fun. I'm an adrenaline junkie when it comes to cars. <clears throat> so, yeah, I've had a lot of good times Ubering. Um, had someone throw up my car a couple times. Sure. Uh, from the bar. Right. Yeah. So I made sure to put a, 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 a trash can in my trunk just in case, because you never know. Smart. So that, that's when I came up with that. Started. Smart move. This is the summer of 2019, so I had to bust that out a couple times. Because I would do late night Ubers, and they get pretty nuts. I, w- I could only imagine. Yes. Sketchy people. Oh, dude, it'd be funny. So, like, this, I dropped off this dude in New Kensington, and um, I already clicked off, right? I'm not, he's not even, he should be out of my car. And I got to wake him up. He's asleep. I'm like, hey, buddy, we're here at your house, man. Come on. Oh, can you drop me off at Sheets real quick, man? I'm like, dude. I already have you out. Dude. I cannot have you in this car. Like, 
Like, I don't know what the hell this guy, you know what I mean? Right. In the morning, wants to do it with me. I don't know. I'm like, you got to get out, man. I already have you clocked out. I don't, I'm not going to get paid if I take you now. Wow. Working for money here, buddy. That's right. Got your free jitney. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they treat you like a jitney, though, honestly. Like, they don't, like, put in, like, you know, you can have, like, three different destinations. Right. All that for, like, the Uber driver. They'll be like, yeah, can you take me to this one? Like, you don't have it on here, so I'm just taking you straight home. Like, you're supposed to follow that to a T. I would imagine you see some things. I. Yeah. No, then they don't. They don't like you very much. Oh, we got a goal. There you go. Pastor Nack scores. Four minutes left. Three to two now. Then Boston's killing Tampa in shots. 38 to 21. Boston's playing really well right now. They've kind of come out of nowhere. Oh, it's a hat trick. Oh. oh. Look at that. The hats are everywhere, baby. David Pastor Nack. <laughs> Pastor Nack. Boston. <laughs> Pasternak with a 14th career hat trick. Holly, did you see Pasternak? <laughs> He's got 14 hat tricks already. Yes, he does. Wow. Impressive. That's impressive. And Vasilevsky, he's, he's doing all that he can, though. I mean, almost 40 shots and only three goals allowed. Yeah. Someone's going to beat Tampa, I feel like. They're, they're not really playing. I think Tampa's, uh, Tampa and the Lightning and Rangers uh, – Weaknesses are definitely their defensemen, uh, yeah. especially the back, the back two for sure. I agree. Hell, maybe even the second pairing for the Rangers. It's like, oh, yep. That's why I think the Penguins have the edge on them in a playoff meeting. I, no, I, so do I. I just think they match up fairly well with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. I just wish we had a defenseman that would could like stick up for themselves a little bit when a forward gets in their goalie's face. You know, it's not their thing. <laughs> it's not Sullivan, dude. I know. Oh, right. Right. Like Latang does a good job at it, but I, you just don't want your star players putting themselves in situations like that, you know? Yeah. Well, Pedersen and Marino, especially, boy, they get pushed around an awful lot in front of the net. There's no <laughs> doubt see, about it. I love Marino. Okay. I think he's a hell of a defenseman, but like, he needs to man up a little bit, I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah. Get up on him like that. I want to develop a bit of a mean streak. That can be a good thing for a defenseman. No, it can. I mean, uh, what's-his-face? Um, Chris Pronger had one. I remember uh, it was uh, Penguins and Flyers, and, like, I remember Pronger had, like, two hits by his mouth like this and just strangled the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Like, he just, he just strangled him. Yeah, he had him in, like, a sleeper hold like this, like in wrestling. The only defenseman on the Penguins who actually does that is Friedman. I feel like they should be playing him a little bit more, you know, like I would say he should be a playoff defenseman and he should play in games where like they're very close in the standings. I think is what you put him in there. Oh, I like Friedman. He, he's, he's a little crazy, which I like in a player, you know? Oh, so do I. I love that shit. I love Absolutely. when he plays this. Oh, well, of course. How could he not? He played like me when I played hockey. Uh, I would be diving at the goalies and shit when they covered it. And, like, the other team would get so fucking mad at me, <laughs> swinging on me. Like, I'm on top of the goalie, and I just feel, like, hand hitting the back of my helmet. <laughs> you know, you're, and now you're a wrestling referee. I think that's the natural trajectory of your life. Oh, of course. You know, I'm always getting punishment. Um, <laughs> I, I actually did not get bumped the last time in my main event. So, or, or maybe we'll... Uh, 
We're starting a good trend here, though. I've been getting main event matches every single uh, event so far. And my promoter. Hey, so. I might have to show up. I should be never touching main events at this point. I might show up for an event one of these weeks and uh, provide some heel heat for the referee. So you've been warned. I get booed. All the time. I would hope so. No, nah, I do. I, I get booed all the time. As soon as the uh, ring announcer, Hank, he says my name, my uh, rep name. Boo! <laughs> I'm like, oh, I already got heat. Okay. Wrestling fans are the greatest. They are. Um, then Johnny Mac gets a cheer like the other ref. I'm like, oh, okay, you've been here longer than me. They like you. Then all of a sudden, you know, the, um, the heels do something, distract them, and uh, the other heel hits the uh, baby face, and uh, they're booing him. I'm like, wow, they just turn on you on a dime. Wow. Clearly, I need oh. to. I clearly need to see this in person at some point. I don't oh, think no, you should. Um, our, <laughs> our, uh, our other co-panelist, he, uh, he's actually on the show as a wrestler. I wrapped his match the last time, too. So. Favorite, too. Kevin, he, he's on there. I'm not going to say what his gimmick name is because he likes to be kayfabe. But no, I respect that. I'll, I'll tell you off. All right. Off of here, I'll tell you who he is <laughs> on the show. All right, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Yeah, now wrestling's fun, man. Um, I'm going to a show in West Virginia. It's called the Pretzel Arena. Never heard of it. Yeah, that's that's where they're gonna hold it at. Um, in West. Virginia. I never heard of it either. Yeah, either. It's in like some redneck, like out of nowhere town. Um, well, that narrows it down. <laughs> yeah, where's that? Yeah, I know that's all over the place. I don't. I can't remember what town it is, but I've been to like what Dawson, PA, in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah, I've been to Dawson. Sure. Yeah, Dawson. Yeah. No, um, I saw that bridge that was that was just in that friggin' movie that came out last year. Um, I had to cross that to get there. Um, but yeah, no, they were in uh, Western PA to shoot a movie. I can't remember what movie it is, but I watched it with my fiance. <sighs> but yeah, no, they had that. I'm like, oh, I remember that. I drove through that. That's cool. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, so, Josh, you an NBA fan? I mean, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. Don't ask. Yeah, I seen that. I wanted to ask well, you about that. Uh, you know, I, okay. Why so are I, the Kings? All right. So I grew up in the '80s and '90s, and back then, like, you didn't have games on every night. You only had, like this big Sunday afternoon games. It was always Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, or whatever. Like, I didn't. I was okay with the Bulls because um, they they were the only team on. So you either loved them or you hated them. Like, I, I like. I was down with Rodman, whatever. So. I like the Bulls, but when he retired in 98, I was like, I don't know. I need to find a team. And the next year I was watching games and I see Vladi Divox and uh, Chris Webber just like all they would do every possession was like behind the back passes and shit. And they were like, didn't play defense at all. Every game was like 130 to 129. I'm like, you know what? I like how they play. This is fun. So I just decided to be a Kings fan. It's been two decades of heartbreak and now they're just so pathetic. Like. Uh, They're not even I worth mean, watching. For a minute there, I think they were trying to draft a team of all five centers at one point. And yeah. Fucking year in the first round was a center. Very poor, very poorly run franchise. I, uh, yes, it is. Whenever, whenever the Penguins are in San Jose, I try to drive over to Sacramento uh, to see a game. I have done that on occasion, um, but they're they're really bad. <laughs> They could have drafted uh, Luca. Yeah, they could have drafted Luca. They have the Marcus Cousins at the time. It's like, let's see, we have to yeah. draft. We really need a guard. So All right. let's just draft center with Collie Stein and see what yeah. happens. Like, what it was terrible. Thank you. Right. <laughs> well, at least right. DeMarcus was fun. 
because he was insane, but also very gifted. Um, yeah. But it's they could have drafted uh, Luka Doncic a couple of years ago, and Vladi for some reason didn't think that was a good idea, and took Marvin Bagley instead. That didn't work out so great. Um, yeah, it's. That's not fun being a Kings fan, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm a casual fan of the NBA. Um, I don't love it, but I, I'll watch. I, I, I frequently bandwagon teams. Okay. That's the, that's the only sport I do it in. I'm that's fine. Every other one. I, like I mean, some teams, so like sometimes you just like watching the team. Fan. Always have, always will be. Oh, who's that? I said for soccer, I'm a, man, I'm a uh, Manchester United fan. Okay, okay. Always have, always will be. I'm loyal to them. Um, even I do have a favorite like team in each league. But when it comes to UEFA Champions League, it's man you all the way. Um, well, my friend Mark Madden would not like to hear that. I know he wouldn't. He's a huge Liverpool fan. I'm aware of it. And <laughs> I love to try to give him the business when Manchester United wins against Liverpool every now and again. I try to give him he, he had a freak out in the press box a few months ago early in the Penguin season because he left his Liverpool jacket in the press box. And uh, luckily, I, I rescued it for him. And I uh, brought it to the station a couple of days later. He was not himself without it. So oh, the love for Liverpool Gosh, is real. He's a very nice guy. Saves <laughs> I, I try. I try. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, folks. You lost your jacket. You know, he could get it for you. <laughs> I, I know people who can do that kind of thing, yes. There you go. That's what's up. How often do you go on Mark's show? Uh, once a week, every Thursday usually. So, uh, actually, I might be seeing him later. He's in New York City to uh, take in the Penguin game tomorrow night. So I I might uh, find him this evening uh, for a beverage, or perhaps we will have lunch uh, pregame tomorrow. I don't know. It's a possibility. You could always bring him on so we can talk some Liverpool right. Manchester United. Oh. I'm trying to figure this out. Is he going to have the show in New York, 3 to 6? He had Tim Benz host for him today. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's gone a lot. Every time I hear but, his voice, it's like, nope. Yeah, sometimes when Marco's on the road, he will just do it. Like in Vegas, he just uses a studio out there. Um, so he does do that sometimes, but you know. He's got his time off. I think he's probably a little tired of talking about who the Steelers' quarterback's going to be. So oh, I can he understand. Talks he talks about on social media. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I know it. <laughs> uh, did I, I'm, I, so, I I'm sure he's so glad you've like, gone. Like, we know what they're going to do. They're gonna, like, I don't know why you're entertaining. We might get Watson. Like It's just not a Steelers thing to do. No. Um, I'm, I am a realistic fan. A lot of, a lot of Steelers fans don't like that. Tomlin is what he is. You know, he had he hasn't won a playoff game since like what, almost ten years now. Eleven or eleven or I mean, sorry, he's three and like eleven since like his last Super Bowl run. Right, three playoff wins. I mean, we are the Cowboys of the AFC here. Yep, looking like uh, I don't want that. Um, I think his style of coaching's just done here. He's not the coach he used to be. That's my take on him. I mean, you know, this isn't – might have helped he had Bill Coward players a couple Super Bowls. Yep. I mean – I mean, that's there, something you have to think about. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty – I know that 94-7 the fan ain't a big fan of, uh, you know, when you say that as a fan <laughs> on there, but 
Because, you know, they are, woo-woo, Tomlin's ever had a losing season. Right. Well, there are plenty of teams that would take Mike Tomlin in a heartbeat if he were available. But you do kind of feel like his time in Pittsburgh's gotten awfully stale. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And Mm. and they sure did not look like a well-coached team last season. I will say that. They were all over the place on offense. Um, I liked the signing of Mitch Trubisky because I am very, very familiar with Matt Canada. I'm a Pitt Mm -hmm. fan. He was an offensive coordinator there. I followed him everywhere. And Mitch Trubisky is his style of quarterback. And when he has that style of quarterback, that's when you see excellent results from him. He had right. to work with. That's why I wasn't a big criticizer of him, because I know Matt Canada's potential as mm-hmm. a fan. Man, ben. He has the right quarterback in his system. Uh, he's awesome, you know, the, the shit he does. But Mitch Trubisky yeah. is that guy. He has legs, and he has an average arm. It's all you need right. in an offense. Legs, right. Yeah, average right. arm, you're good. Um, and ben, so that's why no, I have high hopes. 39-year-old Ben did not really fit into that offense. No. No, and I, I and that offensive line was so bad, I don't think it really would have mattered. But they've spent some money there, so we'll see. see I think the Steelers were trying to have a losing season. Now, this is a hot take. I honestly think they were trying. Why would you keep Ben in a state like this? It, I'm telling you what, it's not because he's a legend here. It's because I think they were trying to get a lower pick than 20th. Did not work because Mike Tomlin somehow squeaks his way out of a losing season <laughs> every year. I, I don't know, man. It, it's it's really magical. I feel like it's something out of a movie. Uh, the way he just comes up with these game plans to not have a losing season. I don't know. Well, this town, this I dis- town loved it. This town I disagree loved it. with. I disagree with your hot take. I don't think they were trying to lose. I think they had a very um, incorrect idea of how good they were capable of being and i think we can all agree the year before they were the worst 11 and 0 team ever and i i that seems like a long time ago because literally on the 11th win i said they're gonna find a way to choke it people what are you talking about they're gonna find a way to choke it it's mike tom i'm used to this this is exactly (laughs) how this is exactly where teams want him you know because steelers get so arrogant in their head i swear right I swear to you, they do. They get so arrogant. Like, Chase Claypool's like, yeah, we're going to smack them Browns, and then the Browns smack them. Yes, they did. You know what I mean? Like, so you know this team's hella arrogant. They go in there thinking they're going to be 17-0 and now every single season. But. Well, maybe they won't be anymore after what happened last year, but we'll, we, we, we shall know, see. I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. That first quarter gave me some false hope. Really oh, I never thought they had a prayer in that game, but but uh, no, I mean, when you're up, like, what was it, fourteen uh, seven or something? I think it was seven nothing, like halfway through the second quarter. So I know, and I'm like, oh my god, we might be able to do this, and uh, wake up call, you know, like I fell <laughs> for it. I was pretty disappointed, but uh, second half, I'm like, this is right where I expected them to be. So you know, sounds about right. Is, and, now Juju can go make TikToks with Jackson and Brittany Mahomes, yeah? Oh, my God. Those might be the three most obnoxious people on social media altogether. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't stand them. And uh, I, I said on there last Sunday, like, now you can go and, you know, the, the showbiz era in uh, Kansas City. Has been, so. You know what's funny about Juju? Like, everybody in Pittsburgh thinks it's like Madden versus Juju and Madden's being a jerk and Juju's some nice kid. 
I don't know one person who covers the Steelers that has a nice word to say about Juju. They, they won't tell you he's a phony when the cameras are off. He's a jerk. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I tend our, to side with Madden Kevin, on that one. Who's a, a co-panelist on here. He has had a arrogant run-in with Juju at the casino when he was security. I believe it. So. Yeah, he's not. Juju's no dummy. He knows how to make money, and he knows how to make himself yeah, look good. Safe. But so I guess I'll ask you all here: What do you think of his uh, smasher pass on cartoon characters TikTok? A little weird. Yeah, I thought it was too. You know, they're just drawings, my guy. Like, I wouldn't have been doing stuff like that like during free agency period. I wouldn't want to look like an idiot when I'm like talking contract with people. But yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking that's why he's only getting one year deals because the maturity. You know, like. It was cute and funny at first. Like, no, it wasn't. It was stupid as fuck. Like, okay. <laughs> it was you're talking it was about cartoon fucking characters. Like, you know, like, this is awesome. You know, he's, he feels like one of us. Bro. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, Pittsburgh. That's why Yo, we're, at, like, we're at the same age group where that's fucked up. What? There, there's a cartoon characters? Jesus, comedy. Oh, yeah, that's... that, but I'm saying when he first joined Pittsburgh, it's just kind of like a retrospective look back now. Like, we related to him because, like, hey, you know, I used to have to ride the bike everywhere I went to. That's pretty awesome. He's a professional football player doing that. He's one of us. Like, I feel like that was the thing about Juju when he first started here. He was a feel-good story his first year. Yeah, exactly. Like, Villanueva's yeah. teaching him. Villanueva's like his dad teaching him getting his license, you know? Right. <laughs> like the father figure. Like, but, uh, Break is here. Yeah, <laughs> here. All right. Then Juju kind of accidentally floored into the wall of like a store by accident, you know? But it is what it is, you know? We loved him. Uh, now, as the years progressed, uh, that's where I'm like, okay, Juju, when's the growing up part coming? Like, Well, and he's also not as good of a. When you're 22. But, he's also not as good of a player as we thought he was. I mean. No. Um, he he's okay, but yeah, he got fourteen hundred yards the one season because of. Wow. Well, yeah, that's exactly why. I mean, let's be honest. Juju's just kind of an average coverage. receiver. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. Makes it easy for Juju to get open, and well, it doesn't help that Juju got hurt the first year without AB. Um, he had that. Uh, I think he hurt his leg, and he said. He couldn't travel with the, with the team to Arizona. This is the 2020 season, I think. He's like, I can't travel to the uh, to the stadium in Arizona with the team because my leg hurts. I can't be cramped on an airplane for longer than a couple hours. Like, okay, fine. Steelers, go ahead, relax the ankle. We'll see you next week at home. Mm-hmm. Three hours to Penn State to go party and make a TikTok. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this guy, man. Like the guy right. more about social media clout. Well, does his NFL career. I was done with him when they were getting their asses kicked in the fourth quarter of a playoff game, and he was TikTok dancing on the field, like when they're down three touchdowns to the Browns in the fourth quarter. Or it was, I think it was like the two-minute warning he was doing it. And he admitted it. He was asked about it. He said, hey, I'll just let my people know I still love them. Like, I don't know. I Call me call me old-fashioned, but I don't recall like Greg Lloyd or Kevin Green uh dancing on the field with a minute left when they lost to the Chargers in the AFC championship game. Like that just tells you how immature this that whole team is, really. And immature teams. And, and honestly, it's a reflection of Tomlin. I, I don't see the New England Patriots well, dancing when they're getting their asses kicked at the like, end of the uh, game. You know? Just like Shannon Sharp said with uh, Skip, you know, he goes, uh, either he lets it happen or he condones it. Right. 
No, Sharp. Shannon Sharp's full of shit about a lot of things, but I actually agree with him about that. I mean, uh, uh, he's yeah, absolutely right. He just says, I don't give a shit to him, or he just, like, if it does happen, it's like, oh, well. No, there's a culture problem on that team. There, no, there, there 100% is. Huge culture problem on the Steelers. Yep. Uh, I'm kind of glad Juju and Zach Banner, I don't know what the Zach Banner hype was around the media. <laughs> uh, because he's a likable guy, we should keep that, him. That's I'm not here to be liked by the guys, okay? I right. want you to be here to win goddamn championships. That's the way I Correct. Like that's okay? right. Like, I don't care how nice of a guy you are. What did you do for me on the field, buddy? That's right. Um, no, uh, the Steelers on the ice or on the court, whatever sport I'm watching. Don't you kind of feel like the Steelers aren't really the Steelers anymore? Like, no, I, well, now I think they are because all those people left. Oh, thank maybe, God. maybe. Uh, well, Chase Claypool's still there. He still needs to stop celebrating first downs with 28 seconds left. <laughs> Correct. Um, that pissed me off. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yes, I, I'm an old-school Steeler fan. I, I don't like seeing that kind of stuff myself. I was born in 96. Um, oh, you're young. of Steelers I've ever got to watch was when uh, Cordell Stewart was a quarterback when I was five. <laughs> uh, that some good old times there. Yeah, I actually like Cordell. Like, Cordell took a lot of heat, but, you know. I remember Heinz Ward and Cordell when I was five. Those are the only two players I remembered. Let I me tell you, Cordell. Those two guys. In, in this era, Cordell. Cordell would be an absolute superstar in this era. He like he's, would, honestly. Yeah. You watch Lamar Jackson, they're pretty much the same player. But they didn't know what to do with Cordell back then. No. Uh, um, the game's evolved so much. Wide receiver, too. Like that was a little and, pretty, and he played it pretty well. I mean, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Slash. He was the ultimate wildcat player. Oh, yeah. Was, no, Cordell was. He was, he was a slash. He could do it. Yeah. No, he. he was a running back. You put him as a wide out. Quarterback in the wildcat, anything. They had him punt in a playoff game. They did like a, they lined up like they were going to go for it, and then they just long snapped and he played like a 40 yard punt. He could do everything back then. Yeah, he got, he didn't get a lot of credit for what he did for sure. No, they didn't know what to do with him. They had no clue. No. I mean, he was really the first, he was really the first quarterback to be able to do all that. Yeah. No, he was, he came along a generation too early. I think he did too. Um, yeah. And then I remember him, like, I remember, like, I never knew the concept of, like, free agency or trades. I'm, like, five or six <laughs> years old. But, like, I remember the next year, like, he's in a Bears jersey, and I'm like, <laughs> why'd you betray us, man? I was, I was, I was so heartbroken. I'm a really Steeler fan. Like, I didn't, I didn't ever understood, like, contracts. They run out. You know, like, you don't know that kind of shit. No, Young, you think they're four life stealers until you see them on another jersey, like you start to cry. Mm. I loved you. Why'd you leave me? Then you realize sports is the ultimate business. <laughs> it, is, it is a business, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I just find it so weird now in all these sports. All these star players can just like be traded off the team on a dime. Like that was so hard to hard back in the day, other than Wayne Gretzky. Um, the NHL, like all, all these players getting moved now, like NFL, NHL, they're all doing it. All the star players moving. Well, the NBA, like and the players in the NBA have so much power, it's unreal. Like that really started when LeBron just decided he wanted to play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, and now you've got like super teams in the NBA. I don't really know if that's a good thing. It's not. 
I, that's what made me. That's what makes me watch it less because it's like you know it's gonna be like the same two, three, four teams. Making. That's the NBA's problem. Like it's or is the NHL so wide open every year? I, that that should be a strength for them. And the NFL too, really. I mean, the NFL there there's pretty good parity. Um, yeah, like all these star players in every league. Like you, like back in the day, you would never see a quarterback get traded. <laughs> like no. Oh no! I mean, well, look at just this offseason. Imagine if, like, I mean, um, like, hold on, I'm trying to like make a good example here. Like, I'm trying to think of it. Did you imagine Marino just got traded? <laughs> off the I was gonna say like Minnesota <laughs> offered him a contract to play with Chris Chris uh, Carter and Randy Moss, and he turned it down because he said I wanted to stay a Dolphin. Oh, okay. That's what yeah, that kind of loyalty actually, doesn't like, team exist loyalty as much. Team loyalty What's that? Kind of thing. Yeah, but, that look, yeah, look at this offseason now. You've got Deshaun Watson traded. You've got yeah. Russell Wilson traded. The two best receivers in the league maybe have been traded. It's going to be uh, a weird year in the NFL. Well, did you see today Deshaun Watson had a grand jury in another county open this case up? Yeah. How about that? I was like, what is going on here? After the you Browns give him like Watson, $250 he's got a lot million. of stress going on. Um, I, I, th- I think he just needs to go get a massage or something. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Can't, can't I didn't understand how they could do that, though. I didn't because it wasn't part of like a civil lawsuit or anything. It was still part of this grand jury, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I couldn't believe that. I didn't know if you looked into that or saw it, or I, I don't know the details, but I I saw the news today too. I don't know much else about it, but uh, I just couldn't believe the Browns gave him like two hundred million guaranteed, two hundred thirty million. Every single dollar in that deal is guaranteed. Like, I mean, what what are they thinking? This I said I, it last Sunday. This deal's gonna come back and fall in their face like three years from now. Well, the only thing Juju ever said was right. Now. The Browns is the Browns. I mean, that Juju got that one right maybe a year yeah, or two early. Yeah, they will always make horrible decisions. They but I, I just two first round picks. Three or something like this. Well, I'll pull that trade up real quick. I mean, like, even if he gets indicted on this new one, does he get all that money still? He's gonna get suspended. That's why he has a one million dollar like uh, deal this year. Like, he's gonna get paid one million this year, right? Because they're projecting him to get suspended. That's why he's only gonna get a mil. Well, no, he might go back to jail. Uh, Eric, a grand jury reopened the case again in another right. county. Yeah. That- I don't know if he gets paid or I have no idea what the specifics are there, but I think the Browns um, are taking quite a gamble. That's the kind of deal that could really screw your franchise up. Not that they aren't screwed up to begin with, but you know, let's see. And now with no one biting on Baker Mayfield, like they're really screwed. Yes, they are. Well, that's okay. I, I always, Here we go. Okay. Wow, this is... I like rooting against them. I can't help it. I cannot believe what the hell they spent on getting this guy. So, three first-round picks uh, in the next three years. They're screwed in the first round. Um, Third-round pick and two-fourths. That's that's insane. I mean, and the richest contract in league history. Yeah. I mean, if he, um, if he goes back to jail, if he does go to jail on this new jury, the Browns are – I mean, they'll have Amari Cooper, and Landry probably won't come back. Baker, it's about to happen. Oh. They released Landry. He's already gone. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Who, Landry? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now they're re-talking about – OBJ's talking about coming back to Cleveland. I saw today on Twitter somewhere. I was like, oh, what? It's going to happen. But... Well. I also, oh, yeah, that's right, the Tyreek Hill trade. Oh, my God, that was so unexpected. You know, the money that they could have – instead of spending it on Juju, they could have re-signed Hill, a better receiver. I think do you think maybe they – do you think maybe uh... – because Tyreek Hill's not exactly a model citizen, do you think the Chiefs were maybe getting a little tired of him? Like, I had that sense. Like, you know he's a piece of shit. Like, you, you can just tell. I, I mean, we know enough about him. Like, yeah. like I, I wonder. I don't know. You also have to remember, too, if you had him on your fantasy team for the last four weeks and you were in the playoffs, you got fucked. Yeah, you got fucked. Yeah. He, he, he had, like, four points one week, eight points the next week. Then he got covid Right. Well, he still played that week because it was a Monday night game. The Steelers. Yeah, it was a Monday night game. Hey, it, 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 him and Jonathan Taylor really screwed my fantasy football season at the end. But I did get first place in the regular season. But I felt like Tomlin won and done. I won the championship <laughs> in mine uh, in uh, Joffrey's league. Um, I uh, I had Debo Samuel. He, he I actually got him in the eighth round. Oh my. And, Huge steal. I couldn't believe it. He was my best player. That worked out. It's a keeper league, too, so I'm keeping him in for the I would. Round. I would say so. Uh, do you do fantasy game. football, Josh? Uh, see, Jimmy G, oh. he's going to be traded off the 49ers here soon. I wonder, what, wonder what's in store for Jimmy G. I don't know what team he's going to go to. Now, it looks like the quarterback carousel's over. Uh, yeah, I, I do, fan, I do uh, play fantasy football. In fact, uh, uh, league commissioner is one Mark Caballi, in fact. I've been in his league for almost 20 years. <laughs> oh, there you Finally go. won the Super Bowl last year, in fact, and I lost in the Super Bowl this year. So I've been on a nice little run lately. But uh, yeah, I get I get too worked up about it, though. I, I get so pissed off. I, you guys do fantasy and all that, like keeper leagues and all that? Not a keeper league, his, his league, um, which I, I mean, I, I don't like keeper leagues as much. I just enjoy drafting a new team every year personally. Yeah, well, but I, think, I like both of them for different yeah, reasons. In our league, we only do three players. So. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's all right. Yeah, like we only keep three, and um, so if you draft them in the seventh, they just bump up the next round to sixth. So you'd have to keep right. for the six. That'd be like your sixth round pick. That's right. So like. It's not too too bad, um, but that was the first year of that league, and I won it. I'm I'm a huge fantasy football guy. Uh, that's like a whole other sport to me. Oh, absolutely! It's, Definitely I, is one of my favorites. I spend much time uh, during the week. Uh, now, do you do do you do DraftKings or Fanduel? Turn off my camera real quick. Something uh, change in the background. You might not be allowed. <laughs> Uh, I do DraftKings every week. Do you remember? Um, it was two years ago when Alvin Kamara had like a six touchdown game at the end. It was like yeah. the regular season. That cost me so much money on DraftKings. It was unbelievable. Like I literally, it literally, like if he only would have had four touchdowns, this thing I was in, I would have won like eighty grand or some absurd amount of money. Oh, God. So I paid at Alvin Kamara ever since. Hey, uh, athletic, I'm calling off for the next month. I got 80k. That's right. <laughs> calling off for the next couple months. So I'll see you soon. <laughs> oh man, definitely would have. Definitely would have probably did that. <laughs> Some extra money. Uh, the most money I've ever won a, on a sports bet is like three hundred dollars. What's the most you've ever lost? 
Uh, parlay. I, I got lucky on a four-leg parlay. I think it was all impossible shit, too. Um, but I, I had a baseball take down on Vandal. I seen this one dude. He did all first bas- baskets for NBA. Like, just first basket. Whoever scores the first basket in the game. He got all five right, and he, his $5 bet turned into a $150,000 win. So. Wow. Yeah. On Those five are first hard. baskets. Those like, dude, dude, they had his friggin' odds at, like, positive 2.8 million or something, or positive 28,000, something like that. Outrageous. I don't know. It's like 280,000. Something. It was something. Wow. Yeah, out of this world. That was basically like, uh, yeah, you need all the planets to align. All the galaxies have to be next to each other. Like something that was never going to happen, and it did. And uh, Not bad. Screenshot made me a little jealous. I would hope so, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I got to take off. Uh, uh, Double M himself is ready to have a beverage with me in Manhattan. So Already. I, I promised I would uh, join him at some point. Hey, man, but, no problem. You got to do what you got to do. It's been fun, though. I like it. You're welcome back anytime you want. Marcus said, what's up? You know, he don't know who I am. I, I will. He'll know who you are. Just tell him the podcast. He'll know. You taught He'll him enough. Yeah, I comment on his shit all the time on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he commented I, back once, didn't he? I will, uh, I will make no, my... It was, it was funny because like, I remember like it was in the middle of him doing the show. And uh, I said, hey, would you want to come on with us for the, for the podcast? And, like, on air, he's like, no, I will not be on your podcast. I, like, <laughs> I could hear him say that. To, I know it's a character. There's no way he's like that all the time. No. That's what I mean. So I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> Rejected the good old Mark Mad style, and I loved it. <laughs> that's, that's tremendous. <laughs> he's like, no, I will not be on your podcast. Right on <laughs> I was like, I just turned it on. I just turned on the radio at that time and just heard that part. And I was like, I know who you asked Didn't name that. drop me or nothing? Like, uh, you know, Fox Sports just said, no, I'm not <laughs> That's I'm very like, funny. Uh, I was that close for the name drop. We could have had like 500 searches. <laughs> Sorry. Well, hey, remember, you can drink till four in New York. That's right. Oh, that's well, right. You can drink till four. There you go. I'd use I mean, there's a morning skate to cover, so I'll have to be responsible. But uh, but uh, a pleasure joining you, gentlemen, as always. And uh, perhaps we can do this again before the playoffs begin. Yeah, I'm going. To the, I'm going to the Edmonton game. If you want to go to the Super Bowl afterwards, uh, is that the uh, last week of April? All right. Yeah, my mom got me tickets for Christmas. So. All right. Sounds good. All right, all right buddy. Well, hey, have a good one. Come, Mark. We said hi, and you have a good night. Josh from the Athletic. We appreciate hey guys. you coming on again to talk tr- some trade deadline talk. Uh, maybe next time you can come on for some first round talk. That sounds perfect, guys. So, sounds good. Thanks. All right, All right thanks. have a good one, man. You too. Well, that was Josh Yoey. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Uh, for our Twitters, you can follow me at Eric underscore Refford underscore 96. And you can follow the podcast at, hold on one second, let me make sure I got it right, at Pod. And uh, Adam, your uh, social medias or media? Or... At Hammer Time Pit for some Mahler talk and um, Mig, at Migs 242424 for whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Josh Yoey. 
And that was Shock Sports Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Um, just remember, we do have the listener support button, too, if you want to help donate money to us to get better equipment. If you want to see us do better, we can bring in on better guests. Um, but, of course, Josh Yoey is always the best guest so far our podcast. He'll probably be the best one we get for now. And uh, we will see you. That'll be cool. Podcast.